teachers. Have we got something good for you? Teachers Night Out, we are hosting this wonderful, wonderful event just for you, just to celebrate you. It's going to be November 15th, 6 to 8 p.m., Broken Arrow Performing Arts Center. Jerry Brooks. Jerry Brooks, baby. <laughs> He's going to be there. What else, Rick? What am I missing out? Uh, there's just going to be a lot. I mean, it's 6 to 8, and plus, you know, do some pregame at the Rose District. Yes. Uh, get down there. Uh, go with your teacher friends. Have a good time. Make it's, it a whole night. Make it a whole night. It is just for you. It is Tuesday night. You have to work on Wednesday, but live it up and enjoy it because it is really just to celebrate you and to, to give you a gift back, and uh, we can't wait for this to happen. We can't wait. And it's so cool because it is a free event thanks to QT and to TTCU for making that possible, which is so awesome. You don't even have to worry about paying anything. You just come and show up and enjoy yourself. Big shout out to Quick Trip and Tulsa Teachers Credit Union. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. All right. We will see you November 15th for Teachers Night Out. Hey there, teachers. Erin Patton here. Um, I have a little bit of a laundry list of things I want to get through. I would hate for you guys to miss out on some of the awesome things that we've got going on. So first up on that list is if you have not had the opportunity to hear our, our previous episode with Oklahoma State Superintendent Candidate Gina Nelson, then I encourage you to listen to that episode. As soon as this one is over, then click it back to the next episode and hear our conversation with Gina. It was such a wonderful conversation. Rick and I just thoroughly enjoyed our time that we got to spend with her. Um, she, we, I feel like we laughed a lot. You know, we just talked a ton. Oh, and she had this really great story. Oh, such a good story about the teacher who really impacted her and who was a catalyst in her becoming an educator herself. And, oh, it's such a fantastic story. You will love it. So I would hate for you to miss out on that. So listen to our episode with Gina Nelson, Oklahoma State Superintendent Candidate. That leads me to point number two which is to get out and vote. It is happening November 8th. You know this, midterm elections. You're hearing this date constantly. You know, send in your absentee ballots if, ballots if you're doing it that way or make sure that you head to the polls on Tuesday, November 8th. Vote like your students' lives are depending on it because it's true. We need great leadership in our state for um, to take care of our kids. Um, Next up is Teachers Night Out. I hope you all have been hearing tons and tons of noise about this. We have it all over our socials. We have a wonderful event. You're welcome to join the event on Facebook. It's Teachers Night Out. Um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram is both um, at Relate and Educate, and you can see tons of information about our posts when we post for Teachers Night Out. So what is it? It is a party for teachers, completely and totally just a teacher party. Because as we all know, there ain't no party like a teacher party, because a teacher party don't stop. I'm such a dork, I know. But that's just who I am, okay? So Teachers Night Out is November 15th, Broken Arrow PAC, 6 to 8 p.m., and it is just a party. And the coolest thing ever is that it is free. Thanks to Quick Trip and TTCU, 
they made it possible where this is a free event for teachers. Now, unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately for us, unfortunately for everyone who missed out on the tickets, tickets sold out within like 15 minutes of them going live. So tickets are gone and that's sad. However, we have a couple more and we're going to be doing some really fun drawings and some fun giveaways for these last couple tickets. So if you missed out on them the first time, we definitely want to make sure you get an opportunity for them the next time. So make sure you're following us on this, all the socials. And so you're seeing all of the um, opportunities that we're going to have for those tickets. All right, finally, my last point, and that is to introduce who we are talking to. Who are we talking to today? We're talking to Jessica Jernigan and Cheryl Wilkinson. These two women are phenomenal. I truly, truly love them. Now, talking about Teachers Night Out right before I led into talking about Jess and Cheryl was no accident because Teachers Night Out would truthfully not be happening if it weren't for Jess and Cheryl. They have put in so much time and effort and energy into the planning and preparation for this awesome event, and it's awesome. So these two are wonderful. These two are great. They work administratively in Bixby Public Schools. They are both former teachers turned, you know, administrative, the administrative side of things. And it's just so neat because both of them love taking care of teachers and they love taking care of teachers because their teachers need to be taken good care of so that they can take such good care of their students. And that's exactly what Jess and Cheryl do. It is just, they're wonderful. They work so hard for their teachers, for their students, for their whole district. And it's beautiful. And I can't wait for you all to hear about them. They are like the best team. They are like two peas in a pod. Like you can't just say Jess or Cheryl. It's Jess and Cheryl and you want both of them because they are awesome. They are like seriously a dynamic duo. So I can't wait for you all to get to know and fall in love with Jess and Cheryl. Amplifying the voices of teachers. This is Relate and Educate. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. Aaron Patton here, sitting across from Rick Holmes. Hello, Rick. Hello. It is like the first chilly day today that I think we've had this year. I wore like a leather jacket. And then I was wearing like a bathing suit this past weekend. And so <laughs> Oklahoma for you. And okay, so we are sitting here with two people who we have been working with a ton lately. Two people who are always the best dressed in the room. <laughs> and two people who are members of the Teachers Night Out Planning Committee, which we will talk more about Teachers Night Out la later. But I want to introduce you to our pals, Cheryl Wilkinson and Jess Jernigan. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. That's Cheryl's voice here. Cheryl, say hello. Hello. There we go. And Jess. Hello. There we go. So <laughs> wow, sounds almost sound the exact the same. same. Wow. <laughs> so good luck with that, listeners. Um, so Jess and Cheryl, we want to just start out by talking how long have you been in this whole education world? I'll start with you, Cheryl. Okay. When I, I graduated from college long ago, <laughs> and I just taught a couple of years before staying home with my kids for 
nine years. Yes. And I've been back 16 years. Okay. Wonderful. What about you, Jess? I am currently in my 14th year. I spent 10 in the classroom and going into my fourth in my current role at the admin office. I love it. And that was my next question is to ask what you guys are doing right now. So what in the admin office, Jess, are you doing? I serve as our director of school and community engagement, which people have a really hard time understanding what that means. (laughs) But I love it because it's all my favorite things on one plate. Uh, I get to advocate. I get to celebrate teachers. I get to help Cheryl plan PD. I get to engage with our community and our kids. It's truly, um, it plays on all my favorite things. I get to be technology nerdy when I want to. I get to (laughs) help manage our website and communication. So it is definitely a full plate, but it's it's one that I love. Oh, I love that. Did you know that coming into this role that you were going to love it? Or was it, how did this happen? I knew I was going to love it because of who I'm surrounded by. Okay. But okay. it's been really fun getting to help define a new position that wasn't there before and really find new ways to serve our teachers and our community. So it's 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 a new path all the time. And I yeah. think that's what I love about it. Oh, I love that. It's that's a role so she was made for. for real. Oh, I believe that. Just yeah. the, what we've witnessed, Rick mm-hmm. and I, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's certainly true for Cheryl, too. She, <laughs> she's in the perfect role. Our superintendent often talks about getting people in the right seat on the bus. Mm. It's one of his favorite analogies. And I mm-hmm. think Cheryl and I both love mm. our seats and yes. are thankful that he trusts us with that's them. So for sure. Okay. Well, Cheryl, tell me how you got or what are you doing and how did you get into this role? Okay. Yeah. My path has been not bumpy, but just jumpy, I guess. I've jumped around (laughs) a little bit. Um, I started as a special education teacher and reading specialist and then... For what grade level? Four through six. Okay. And then I moved into an instructional coaching role Uh and then those roles were removed from Bixby Public Schools about Mm -hmm. six or seven years ago. So I moved back into the classroom as a reading specialist, but then our district rolled out a one-to-one initiative in our grades 7 through 12, and I was hired to train our teachers on teaching through a digital format and through our learning management system. And so that was a whole new role for me. Yeah. And then the, just this is just my second year as director of curriculum and innovation. Okay. And again, another new role for our district. So Jessica and I are both kind of defining what these roles look like. That's I fun. Didn't, I know. And I didn't realize that because we met you guys once you had already started this. So I just was yes. like, well, she's amazing at this. She's been doing this forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Cheryl has a ton of boxes in her office right now. <laughs> Uh, I was a little bit embarrassed. Both Rick and Mr. Miller stopped by yesterday. I was like, please don't look around. Um, We're swimming in curriculum, which is a beautiful problem to have because we love having resources and new resources for our teachers, but we have lots of boxes. It's quite a mountain (laughs) to conquer right now. Well, that is so interesting to hear about your roles now. I truly, I know I just said this, but I truly thought you guys had just been doing these things (laughs) forever. So I want to know why education, why this field, because you've, you both dedicated much of your first part of your um, professional career in the classroom with students. And now you've transitioned to more working with teachers and stuff. So why education? Hmm. I mean, I can start Just as far as why education in general, I never thought I would do anything other than quote unquote education, whatever form that might take. Um, I have a passion for teaching and learning for students and my heart is in the classroom. So 
It was when I was an instructional coach earlier in my career that I fell in love with serving teachers and making sure that we found resources, trying to make that job a little bit easier if possible, um, every one little day at a time. And so I found that passion then, and I get to do that all the time now. So it's wonderful. Where did did that come from? Like you wanted to become an educator that had to come from somewhere. Did you have a teacher or was one of your parents an educator? That's a great question. I think for me, I found my solace in school. I loved being a student. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that it was any one teacher. I had several teachers that inspired me growing up, but I found a place where I fit as a student and thought, this is what I want to do forever. Yeah. So you graduated from high school and said, I want to go back. (laughs) I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to go back. back It's true. And then I never wavered from that path, went to college and I was ready to jump right back in the classroom as soon as possible. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Ah, thank you. All right, Jess, what about you? What is your why? Uh, my why is, I think is definitely because I, I always knew I wanted to do something that would leave a legacy long after me. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and I always just felt like teaching was the right role for me Mm -hmm. in that, um, I was lucky enough to have lots of teachers that inspired me growing up mm-hmm. and I always admired them, wanted to help them. I loved helping with the easy grader and oh. picking up papers. <laughs> I've yes. talked about on here how I used to ask for an easy grader yes. for like yes. Christmas. Easy that was, graders okay. are the coolest oh. thing oh, ever. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I you just... You know what? It may be good to explain okay, what an easy it. grader oh, is. Yes. So I an easy grader is a little sliding scale thing scale. that tells you like if I have 19 questions on a quiz, and they miss two I can go down and, and it will tell me percentage. the percentage yes so yeah. it was like the OG of spreadsheets really <laughs> yes the green and white <laughs> so it moved true. around yes. it was like See, a mine was, na- mine was light blue I mine was pink light- oh, I had a pink oh, one too okay. I had a pink one wow. so all yes. different I love that <laughs> yeah so funny. you just never know what might inspire a future <laughs> career um, <laughs> so I declared that major without yeah. a second thought I knew it was always what I wanted to do but for me, I was in a leadership position with our local teachers union during the teacher walkout. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's what where I really felt the pivot that I wanted to, Cheryl helped me coin this term. I was trying to explain what I was feeling at the time. And of course, I couldn't find the right words. And just like she does now, helped me fill that <laughs> in. She said, I think you're wanting to widen your sphere of influence. And I was like, that's the Mm. hunger I feel. I want to be able to impact public education as a whole. I want to be able to advocate for teachers in rooms where they don't have a voice currently at the Capitol and beyond. And so that's when I really kind of started looking, you know, for those opportunities. And then of course, that's when Mr. Miller came along Mm. and Miss Wilson was serving as our interim at the time. She walked beside me through the whole teacher Mm. walkout. So that's kind of how I ended up in the role I am now. Okay. And the teacher walk, explain it to people that aren't in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So that was 2018? Yes. 17? 18. 18? Okay. So after over a decade of dismal investment in public education and no salary increases, Oklahoma teachers decided that they'd had enough. Mm -hmm. And being a right to work state, we're actually not allowed to go on strike, Mm. quote unquote. So we had to gather together as local union affiliates and approach our school boards and essentially ask for permission Mm -hmm. to um, walk out of our classrooms and go to the Capitol and advocate on behalf of our students and our profession. So ironically for me, 
the same board meeting where I had to ask our board to do that um, was when we were naming Rob Miller as our superintendent. And if you follow my path back way further from where I started, he's the whole reason I got into advocacy. I started reading his blog and he was putting things in a context that I could understand. Once I could understand, then I was like super angry. Like, this uh. is not okay. We need a voice at the Capitol. We've got to do something about this. So that was the whole reason I got involved with the local union at the uh, school level and um, started getting involved with leadership. So it just was one of those full yes. circle moments um, that happened. So, and then a year later, I found myself in this position and I'm grateful every single day that I yes. get to work with him and learn from him. He's truly an incredible human being. That's mm. true. There's not much it. better than going to work and you just appreciate the fact that you get to go to yeah. work. It's, yeah. It's pretty rare, first of all. Mm -hmm. Truly. But yeah, when I went to work at Fayetteville High School for four years, every single day, I thank the Lord. Thank you so much that I get to go to, mm. to work here. Mm -hmm. It was because the first few years were not that great. And it, in mm. comparison, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is so good. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but it's so, it changes everything. It changes mm -hmm. your, like when you're driving to school and you feel appreciative, yeah. it sets the tone for the day. It's you know? true. And it just goes to show you, like, it matters so much who you're surrounded by. Yes. And we call it a whamily, our work family, which I know <laughs> is so corny. It's so corny. It's so true. But if you knew the rest of our team as well as we yes. do, I mean, it just fits. We're there for one another. We have each other's backs. We work collaboratively so well. Oh. And I think one of the things I appreciate most is that every single conversation is rooted in what's best for teachers and kids. And mm -hmm. I think that's what gives me that, you know, sense that I know I'm in the right place. Yeah. For sure. And that's why they're here. Yes. <laughs> that's why yes. they're here, right there. Well, I've, I've talked to, to teachers uh, in and around Bixby, which is where you guys work. Mm -hmm. And they, you can tell it's a great place to work. It's just, it just is. But that's not an accident. And people are yes. behind the scenes working to make it so. And, and you are two of those people that do that. And so there are teachers right now that they hate their building they hate they just yeah. hate going to work because it's toxic or whatever mm -hmm. uh or some just maybe maybe they're a little down and they just don't appreciate where they're at but i want to call attention to what you do so that people will know across the board there are schools where it's really great mm -hmm. it's really great to be there it's healthy and they're they're advocating like you said for teachers and stuff so let's get into that yeah because that's, that's good stuff. I like it. Um, <laughs> I just well, threw it to Aaron. I I like, Sorry. Uh, well, here, you Sorry. go ahead and ask the, a question. We'll edit all this. We, yeah. Yeah. So the a good place to start is where do you start, like, in your heart? Like, what is that? What do you want for teachers? Like, when you approach a problem, like, what is your, where are you rooted? Mm. It's a good question. I think anytime I approach any project, anything that we're doing with any sort of school initiative is I'm thankful I've never lost that perspective of what it felt like in the classroom. And I'm sure it's faded. I'm sure that I can't possibly still retain everything that I would like to, but I want to always look at everything from that perspective of what does this feel like from that teacher's perspective where you don't have time mm -hmm. to to run out and make copies if you need to. I mean, to remember what it's like 
um, in the classroom. So yeah. I think every decision is rooted in, well, how can we make this easier? And, and never a waste of time for teachers because that time is precious. And so if we're planning a professional development session or any sort of uh, training, we want to make sure that it's something that's worthy of teacher's time. Yeah. And That's just good. in our planning times with you all, when Relate and Educate came to Bixby and stuff, just working with you all to plan that, I mean, that is so very evident. I mean, you could see, you know, in the beginning stages of when we were first starting to plan it and how you all were just toiling almost over like, okay, this is going to be, you know, at the end of the school year, what are we going to do? We need to make this worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Like you always do. It's, you have that, you mm -hmm. illustrated that to us from day one that we met you, that you do have that, you know, wanting to remember your teachers and what their personal struggles are like and what that looks like being in the classroom and not just give them a bunch of unnecessary stuff. And so that's just so cool. Like that, I have told so many people like, no, at Bixby, there are people that like really love you. <laughs> like they love their teachers there. That's I promise. Weird. I know it. I hear it. I've seen it. I've seen tears in both of your eyes talking mm -hmm. about your teachers and how mm -hmm. much you love them. So that's true. It is true. It that's happens. All, it happened yes. in my office this Today. morning. Yes. I mean, it happens all the time. I think one of the most important things for me is not diminishing the challenges mm. and and making sure that we acknowledge the hard, we name the hard, we talk about how to support teachers through that. We listen more than we talk. You know, these are things that I try to remind myself of all the time, because at the end of the day, what we're really about is doing what's best for kids. And to mm -hmm. do that, you have to do what's best for teachers. Mm -hmm. They are the single most impactful person in our schools is the teacher in each classroom. So I think for me, it's about putting them at the forefront, empowering them, listening to their needs. One of the things I noticed that Cheryl does that I think is so important is she never does anything on the front end or the back end of things at the beginning or the end mm. without asking teachers. So it's what mm. do you need? And then we spend a tremendous amount of time digging in, planning that, making it meaningful. And then on the end of that, being able to say, okay, was that what you needed? Did you get what you oh, needed? Wow. Did you not? What do you need? How can we improve this? So it's just that continual process of listening and evaluating and making sure that we're doing things with intentionality and not just, you know, throwing mud at the wall to mm -hmm. see what sticks, which I know PD can feel like sometimes mm -hmm. it can, we've all sat through that. Yeah. So that's not, that's not what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I just admire so much the time effort and grit that Cheryl puts into that, because I do think that that's what makes the difference that you're talking about, Erin. Yeah. Like it's the, how much she cares about listening and getting that feedback and not just asking for it, but then turning it around and yes. doing something, letting it inform the process moving forward, not just asking to say that we asked. That is remarkable. Well, she's True. just telling the truth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, so was there, have there been learning curves in doing oh, this? Yes. Like, yes. I, okay. <laughs> I assume there are mistakes because I'm thinking like people in your administrative roles, you know, at other districts and stuff, what kind of, yeah, what kind of mistakes do you have to share the, you know, wise wisdom after the oh fact, anything? So many. So many things. Well, you just don't know what you don't know yeah. until it hits. And something that I would like to revise, every year is going to be a process of let's reflect what worked, what didn't work, and let's revise. So this year, I think that we have flooded our new teachers, especially our first-year teachers, 
with training mm. almost to the point where they may be a little saturated <laughs> with information. <laughs> and I really want to reflect on that and think about timing and think about, okay, uh -huh. maybe we need to space this out a little bit and give them time to breathe and apply and ask uh -huh. before we give them additional support and training. So a lot of that timing, you just don't know until you try yeah. and then... I'm so Move glad forward. that you're so willing to reflect and look back and be like, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Teachers, what would work better? Like mm -hmm. that is invaluable. That's such a gift that you're giving your district of teachers to really take care of them. It's a really difficult practice. And it, what um, I am reminded of is coaching where you play the game and then you have to watch it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's very brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but it's rough. the best teacher. You're like, sure. aha, okay, that's the problem. It wasn't what I thought was a problem. Yeah. It's actually this thing. And then when you're able to like sit down and like look at it and have to like sit with it, you identify the actual issue, but it's really hard. It's really hard. I think that's the most painful reflective piece of teaching too is if you are willing to video yourself teaching mm. oh or audio record <laughs> yourself teaching <laughs> and then go and it is painful because you have to I always say you have to watch it the first time and say is that really what my voice sounds like yeah. and is that really what those pants look like yeah and then <laughs> and then you and then you have to watch it again uh, to pick up on qualitative uh, data from that but it's so important because you can see oh my goodness I missed that whole section of students that were trying to participate and I didn't even see them or I thought I gave wait time but I really gave them four seconds to mm -hmm. think about that before I started talking again and mm -hmm. those are just such important pieces of self-reflection that I definitely want to apply that in this role mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. so yeah that's wonderful. What about you? Did you think of any other mistakes or anything that you could share with? Or not oh, necessarily gosh. mistakes, or just yeah. lessons learned, I guess. So many. I mean, there's been so many lessons in humility and like just uh. the reminders that like just when you think you know something, like mm. that's when you're getting into that dangerous territory. <laughs> like you should always just assume that you don't and walk into the room ready to learn because that's usually what ends up happening. Um, I wish I could pinpoint an exact you know, example, but I feel like it's just become so regular for me that I, um, you know, it's just a constant reflection. What I will say, one of the things that has helped me the most and Cheryl touched on this earlier is I was determined when I moved into this role to always have one foot in the classroom, mm -hmm. at least I mm. still feel like both are still there sometimes. <laughs> and when I need them to be, that's what we do. We go and we do that. But I think one of the things that's helped me most is keeping those close colleagues that you had when you were in the classroom mm. who still are so that you have those people to poke holes in things and mm. give you feedback from the view of mm. the classroom. And I think that has been something that has probably saved me from some of those moments because reaching out to them beforehand to say, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, what would this look like? Or can I come in your classroom and try this or see mm -hmm. you try it and see mm -hmm. what happens? So I think that's one of the things for me that I feel like has become a prevention piece, so yeah. to speak, from those, <laughs> those moments is just staying as connected as I can to what teachers are facing every day, what yeah. their challenges are, what their, what their successes are, mm -hmm. and just being able to move forward always with that in the front of my mind wow. not knowing anything about what you guys do i think that is a life vest mm. to ask teachers mm -hmm. because we've heard so many times mm -hmm. just bizarre things 
that are put on teachers and they're like, did nobody think to ask right. me yeah. Yeah. or anybody in the classroom? It's so clear that this is a bad, a bad choice, but being able to just kind of a filter, like, mm -hmm. Hey, what about that? And then kind of get an idea of, Oh, it, that's how it would affect you. Well, that's not what I was aiming at. So exactly. you can move to something else. Mm -hmm. But um, just asking teachers, I think, is brilliant. It's well, super important. Jessica is so good at communication, too, and mm -hmm. communicating the why. Remember mm -hmm. why we're not just, okay, oh, we're doing good. this now, but yeah. why are we doing this now? Because we do have a district vision, and we have to take those steps kind of slowly as we look at things through a new lens of, developing students in a world that's changing constantly mm, and yeah. so we can't stay stagnant so it is a constantly changing environment to teach and learn yeah. in and so I think um, Jessica is brilliant at communication and she helps us make sure we are showing teachers the why yeah. I, but I remember that, again it's about that reflection piece of remembering you're in the classroom and thinking oh my goodness what am I gonna have to do now and that's right. quote unquote mm. um and think you see that pendulum swing of education and think, oh, now mm -hmm. we're all going to put targets on the wall and show yeah. where those learning targets are. And now we're all going to do this. And it swings back and forth. And you don't want change just for the sake of change. It needs yeah. to mean something. Yes. Mm -hmm. I always felt like when I was a teacher that education had an identity crisis. It, it had no idea who it was. Yeah. And so it, every few years, everything, like you said, would just shift. Yep. And, and after you've been through a few shifts, you're like, okay, I'm not shifting. I'll just sit back and <laughs> let this just one let ride this. out. Yeah. Right. I'll watch this come back to center. But, um, <laughs> but being able to identify, okay, this is what I really think is important. Or as a group, as a, as a school, this is really important. Mm -hmm. Can ground and kind of hold back the shifting the pendulum swing, uh, make it a little bit more narrow, but I'm curious, what, what are some of the things that, that you found worked really well? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the successes and maybe it was a shock to you, but, and, and again, this is going, this is going to people that may be looking for this kind of information. They're, they're, they're searching. So have you unearthed any treasures mm -hmm. so far? Well, I guess it depends on what field the treasures are that we're looking, but I, it, through the lens of professional development, the things mm -hmm. that I found that are working or seem to be working are giving teachers the opportunity to choose, which we're mm -hmm. doing on Monday. We have a choose pick your own PD day. Oh, cool! And I think that has been well received because yeah. we're offering lots of options and teachers get to, you know, map out the day that works best for them. Like I need technology training or I need more curricular based mm -hmm. training or I need culture based training or behavior management. Yeah. whatever. Um, they can choose their own day. And so with the other piece of feedback we've received from teachers with professional development is they want time to learn and then time to collaborate and apply. So yeah. we have built that into our PD days as well so that they have chunks of time to learn new information from a speaker or whoever is providing the training. Mm -hmm. And then the afternoon to work in a PLC or on your own to work through what that information might mean for your own classroom. So yeah. both of those things have been specific requests from teachers that we've put into place this year that I think have been well received. So don't just talk at me for the, the entire day. Let me reflect and pull out some things that I can actually use. Correct. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that, and you hit on this earlier, but you can have a fantastic day of PD with great information. And then if you just put it that in a binder and shove it in a file cabinet, it's never mm. going to change your instructional practice. Then 
we will have very little student outcome change mm -hmm. that way. And so if we can actually then put a plan in place for how am I going to apply this and what I actually do. Yeah. And we give them space to collaborate to do that. I yeah. think it, we That's have a awesome. greater chance of that happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think mine's think? a little less specific, <laughs> um, but I think one of the biggest light bulb moments I've had, which is kind of silly to think of it that way because it is such a huge part of my job description, is just the importance of telling our story mm. um, because it is being told. Yeah. You by know, somebody. Exactly. And yep. there are so many false narratives out there right now about what's happening in schools and in classrooms and I think it's so important on behalf of our teachers and our kids that we tell the truth in those stories and show what's going on because it's truly amazing. The mm. mountains yes. that are moved within our yes. walls every single day yep. by people who love kids, are dedicated to kids, and who just want to make a positive impact and help them realize their potential. And I think that gets lost in the mess that is the false narratives the noise and exactly mm -hmm. and a lot of that noise I feel like is being drummed up by people who have never stood in a classroom from a teacher's perspective never worked in a school never gone to school to be a teacher mm -hmm. so I think it's really important that we as public schools especially tell our stories highlight those things mm -hmm. celebrate all of that because we have to take back control of that narrative. So when you take, say, tell our stories, what do you mean by that? What are you doing? Well, for example, Bixby is, we're big on celebrations. Mm -hmm. And so we celebrate kids for good character. We recognize community partners and Spartan mm -hmm. spirit award, um, recipients at our board meetings. We just, even the simple social media posts every day of look at the amazing yes. things going on in our classrooms. Those things seem so small and sometimes insignificant, but they're not because that I feel like is what, how you equip your community and the parents mm -hmm. and grandparents who you are counting on to support you to help push back against those things being said that we know aren't true mm -hmm. and that don't have anything to do with why we became educators. So I think that's one of the things that I take, I feel like I shoulder the most responsibility for is that. I want to make sure that I'm doing the best possible job at telling mm. the true story about what happens mm. in public schools every day because it's truly amazing. Yes. Because yeah. if, if you don't have an alternate version of what's going on, then you're left with whatever is going on, you know, the, the devolving um, narrative that's that's on social media a lot of the time mm -hmm. with exactly. with education and the loudest thing the yeah whatever. and mm -hmm. the most bizarre thing and mm -hmm. uh, people that <laughs> maybe don't have kids or haven't been around schools a long time they must think wow schools have really changed yeah <laughs> schools yeah. have really changed right no the teachers are still awesome mm -hmm. exactly. they still care they're still going the extra mile uh and they're, they're they love and protect kids that's exactly right. Yes. And their, their stories need to be told. Cheryl was just in my office this morning recounting her experience in a teacher's classroom and how incredible it was Aww. to see their level of engagement, their collaboration with one another, um, the teacher's inv wholehearted investment in what was doing what's best for them, yeah. not focusing on test scores or objectives or whatever that might be. Of course, those things are a piece of the puzzle. And you know, we're going to teach those objectives. That's what teachers do every day. But I would argue that her investment in her students as people is yeah. more important. 
It's true. And talk about celebrations. These teachers are looking for those things to celebrate and students, that teacher yes. in particular, she was bragging on the students to me before the students walked in the room. And then when they came in, she was like, Hey guys, I was just telling Miss Wilkinson about, and, and they were just beaming and shining and it, it was, it was beautiful. It was an absolutely amazing, ex absolute amazing experience. <laughs> but that teachers are next level people. They are P mm -hmm. people. They work with people really well. Like it's yeah. off the charts what they do because they're not only uh, absorbing information from your conversation, but they're like, my kids would really like this. And that's, that's like mm -hmm. profound imp empathy, right? And then you want to just feed you, the kids with, you know, positive information and affirmation and things like that. And so many people are ill-equipped to do any of that, any of that. Mm -hmm. And then on top of being able to navigate like what um, we were talking about yesterday, Jess, about the patience involved in teaching. Oh, Someone yes. said, I, I, just, I never had the, the, the patience to get into education. I kind of mm -hmm. wanted to, but I didn't. And Rob Miller said, no one does. No <laughs> one has that level of patience. Uh, you have to earn it. You have to go through mm -hmm. the fire of it. But uh, man, teachers are so worth letting them tell their own stories yes. or shining mm -hmm. a light on what they're doing. Because it's really extraordinary, just from on a human level. Yeah, it is. And it's yeah. so hard sometimes to get them to do it. Yes. Oh, gosh. Teachers are the worst at bragging on themselves. Or they, coming on podcasts, uh, yeah, too. True. They don't want to come Yes, on. I can imagine. It's like, and, and I think it's because the type of person who truly chooses that profession as a passion because they want to make an impact in my experience, is also the same type of person who wants yes. zero credit yes. for it. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it's hard sometimes to tell these stories because you want to say, hey, I want to shout this from the rooftops. And they're like, no, this is just what I'm I do just every day. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, believe me, this yes. is something that the whole world should know about because yes. it's truly incredible the mountains they move every day. That's how we feel, you know, anytime we have an interview with a teacher or do a podcast with a teacher and, you know, they come in and they're just like, why me? And then they're just this remarkable wealth of experience and knowledge and information and beautiful stories and wonderful. And they're just someone who just considers themselves as just like, oh, I'm just a normal teacher. But like, like you said, teachers mm -hmm. are remarkable. They are. They are remarkable people. I think that's reflective of teaching is truly a gift. And I think if yeah. you're gifted in something, sometimes you don't necessarily see how remarkable it is. Yes. I know that being in and out of teachers' classrooms and we get to witness this um, the amazing things happening in classrooms. And I've sat in PLC meetings before and I hear one teacher say, I'm struggling teaching this concept. And everyone's like, mm, yeah, that's a hard one. Mm. And I can say, wait a minute, I saw you teach this this way and you taught it this way. And they say, I did. And they don't even realize <laughs> yes. that they're teaching things differently. They just assume everyone is doing the same because they're just doing what they know. And, yeah. and they each bring a unique perspective to the table. And it's just so great when you can get those conversations started and they can recognize how good and how yes. special because and that's do good getting those conversations started because like we just said they're hard to just naturally start and I right. think I spent a lot of my teaching career not realizing that like you know anything any of my experience in my classroom was worthy of being shared or like you know right. was even 
you know, worthy of being shown off. Like my students work, sometimes they'd be like, you know, wanting to keep it contained or something just because it feels weird, but it's not. And it's so needed and useful mm -hmm. and we want it. We want to hear this. Yeah. The opportunity to collaborate, I think is an opportunity for that. But even in that it's difficult for a teacher because they don't want to brag, I guess. No, I think Or they don't true. feel like it's it. worth talking about. But to share something that they do in the classroom could very well spark somebody else's imagination to do right. something well, uh, different, you know. Yeah. But That's what I think. I, they think that th what they're doing is, well, this is just normal. And we have to tell them, no, this yeah. is remarkable. It's actually extraordinary. And you yes. should scale that. Yes, yes. absolutely. Scale the I good. I talk all the time about scaling <laughs> yes. the good. Yes. Yeah. We even had to tackle this um, amongst our principals recently because this was one of my light bulb moments driving between school sites the other day mm -hmm. thinking every single one of our principals has a superpower at least mm. one. I mean, mm -hmm. they're wonderful at their jobs in general. Like we have an amazing leadership team, but if you were to ask me to pick out one thing that I know is just that thing for that leader, all of them have something mm. that they're super passionate about, super wonderful at. And so we kind of started, um, identifying those. We identified them, identified them about each other first. And mm. then now each of our principals is going to be taking the topic identified by their peers mm. and presenting it at principals meeting. So for example, one of our leaders is absolutely fantastic at celebrating her kids and staff. Oh. She actually has a celebration rally tomorrow morning. I can't wait to go. Oh, it's, I so love great. them so much. It's like a massive pep rally for academics. It's just <laughs> oh, wow. awesome. So I just am thinking, Oh my gosh, how cool would it be if every building got to do that? And of course, they all celebrate kids, but this is her thing, yes. and she's so yeah. great at it. We have another one who's wonderful at restorative discipline. You know, another who is a magician at de-escalation when it comes to behaviors, which mm -hmm. is such an amazing yes. tool for teachers and fellow admins. So it's the same concept, I think, even among school leaders sometimes. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, Cheryl, share that. That's amazing. Yeah. And other people need to know about it. So we say teachers aren't good at celebrating themselves, but the truth is no <laughs> leaders and yeah. administrators aren't any better. Yeah, educators in general. Yes, they need exactly. people like the four of us to be like, talk. Yeah. Tell your hey, story. Tell us Come about on, that. Tell us. Yes. Yeah, no, this is really cool. This yes. is really yes. cool. Yeah. Don't We're underestimate it. Yes. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> right. We've talked about this before, and there's no way to do it, but I would love so much to quantify those superpowers yeah. in a sense of, you know, to be able to, and I, it's hard to even talk about, but to be able to capture this is the value that this person brings to education so that if you lose that person, you, you really witness, okay, you mm -hmm. just lost a massive amount of value. And whoever comes in is going to have to, they're going to have to learn, they're going to have to uh, develop relationships, things like that. And I just really wish in education, you could quantify that as you can in other, you know, mm -hmm. business and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, oh, if you could, I think, I think a lot of things would change because if you could point to the fact that that person who is 15 years in, just walked away from education, and this is how much you're going to lose. You know, I think I think that might move the needle a little bit, but I have no idea how to do it. I know. We it's feel so true. it. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, we, <laughs> we can feel that, absolutely that gap that mm -hmm. is uh, made by that loss, yeah. but I don't know how to Yeah. There's been studies. It. There have mm -hmm. been studies, but it's. I think any teacher that reads the study would, would – 
just kind of laugh. Like, <laughs> good try. You just make it up numbers. <laughs> yeah, none of that's real. Yeah. But anyway. Well, it's an immeasurable impact that they make, that's and so true. to try to, you know, quantify that would be mm. nearly impossible. But we certainly do feel it. Yeah. In their absence. What are some of the struggles? In and we know your heart. And we know like what you're aiming at. What are some of the struggles or difficult parts of the job mm. that you are comfortable talking about? I think one of my biggest struggles is apathy. Mm. And I don't necessarily mean that among educators because they are some of the most dedicated people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hear my advocate's heart when I say this, but the truth of the matter is Teachers don't want to be political. A lot of people don't want to be political, and I get that. It's ugly. It's nasty. You know, it's getting worse by the day. But the truth is, if we are not voting, Mm -hmm. every single one of us, Mm -hmm. and participating in that process, we are not truly advocating for our profession and the students in our classroom. So I think one of my biggest struggles, in fact, I was talking to Mr. Miller about this the other day and my watch was telling me to breathe. (laughs) He was like, yeah, Jess, you probably do need to take a breath. Um, But I was just like, how can we help people see why this matters so much and not feel so discouraged about being part of the process? Because the truth of the matter is, it's an obligation at this point. It's almost become part of our job description, voting in particular, Mm -hmm. because every single decision that's made has an impact in our classrooms. Mm -hmm. So I think if there was one thing I had a magic wand for that's my biggest challenge, it would be to just help every teacher, parent, grandparent, public school supporter to recognize the power they have in that vote and that it is Mm -hmm. their voice and that if they're not using it, we really, really need them to. Mm -hmm. Word. Oh, my goodness, Mm -hmm. yes. I was having a conversation with somebody the the other day, and we were talking about when teachers come together like statewide, let's say, then things begin to shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is a point where teachers are leaders in the classroom, but they're also teachers. The teachers are also leaders in the community too, teaching Sunday school, doing community outreach and things like that. Mm-hmm. Coaching. Coaching, <laughs> you know, literally coaching, stuff like yep. that. And I, I think, and this is difficult to say in a way that's palatable, but I think teachers need to lead. When it comes down to stuff mm-hmm. that will, it will affect, um, this, this election will affect public school education dramatically. Okay. It's time to lead. Mm-hmm. Like now it's time to step out and, you know, whether they feel like they need permission or it may go back to, they just don't feel like they can, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it, what can I do? Well, you could, you can lead your family. You can lead uh, mm-hmm. your friend group, you can lead your church group or mm-hmm. however you're connected in the community. Um, but I hate to say that because it feels like I'm putting another, some yeah. another thing on teachers. Exactly. And that's what's so hard about it because yeah. the weight of our profession is already very heavy. It mm-hmm. matters so much and the stakes are so high every day. But I think where I, um, you know, what I always try to come back to is I just picture educators, you know, we stand in the gap between the decisions being made and the impact it has on our kids. Mm -hmm. And we have to continue by number, arm in arm, standing in that gap and making sure that those making these decisions, and it's not about party, it's not about, uh, it's really not about politics at all. It's about policy Mm -hmm. and how that impacts the four walls we teach in every single day. And and it, it is hard because you either 
I remember the first few times I went to the Capitol, I was thinking, well, what am I doing here? Like, I'm not, I don't know enough. I'm not well-versed enough. I'm not. And then after Mm -hmm. a few conversations, I was like, oh yeah, I am. (laughs) Because you know what I do every day? I stand in a classroom and I make an impact. I know the um, unintended consequences of the decisions being made. And that Mm -hmm. is the voice I have to use. Now, can I get in the weeds about tax code and gross production and whatever? No. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is there are needs going unmet Mm -hmm. by the lack of investment in public education. And that I could talk about that all day long. So Mm -hmm. I think that would be my one biggest challenge that if I could get everyone to rally around what's best for kids and leave the party and the politics out of it, that would just be amazing. Well, and I feel like public school teachers have a unique, I don't know, they get to see all sorts of different kids from different socioeconomic upbringings, from, you know, different racial backgrounds, all sorts of differences to where like, I know that my thoughts and my the, the policy that I vote on is affected by my love for my students and how like I would never want to vote, uh, you know, not in their best favor. And so I feel like teachers, like we see the world, there's a special gift that we teachers we have that we can, like we see the world through our classroom, through our students, like we can, the world is represent, our country is represented in public school classrooms and so and and they have to make it work yes that's yeah. exactly it's right strong. you i mean that's the thing it's that you you do learn in those situations it's a tremendous amount of perspective and and a lesson every single day in working through when you disagree and figuring out we're not the same but you know what that's what's great about this yeah so I think that's that's one of the most important things to me is just helping teachers recognize the importance of using their voice, whether it's the same as my opinion or not. Yes. Just use your voice. And please, for the love, vote. <laughs> <laughs> I second, third, fourth, all of that, for sure. Amen. So uh, hers is apathy. What, what would be the, cha- mm. the challenge the that you faced? For me, it kind of um, wraps back into what we were talking about before with district initiative or change or keeping up. I think that I learned this in our in my role with our educational technology department that for a long time I was helping teachers catch up to tools we already had access to. And then in the world of technology that grows uh, exponentially mm-hmm. every year. So it's not only I mean, because we have a spectrum of learners in our district of teachers, just like you have a spectrum of learners inside of your classroom, where we have teachers that I kid you not, I'll start a training by saying, click on a Chrome browser. That's the little rainbow circle on your screen. (laughs) So I start there with some teachers and you have teachers that are, this is easy breezy for them. And Mm -hmm. so you have this spectrum of learners that you're trying to provide training for and helping them stay up with what is important and what tools they need. And so that's then me staying up with what is relevant and research-based and important for them to know as as teachers, and it can be daunting. I, I can't imagine because so. teaching is so unique to the individual, right? Their personality dictates a for lot. Sure. Who they teach in their classroom, who they teach under, like who's their administration, what building, what hallway, mm-hmm. what grade level, like all of these things contribute to their unique experience as a teacher. And to say, here, 
do this for right. everybody in the district. It's like, I don't know. Man, yeah. <laughs> that might work. Well, it's work. exactly no, what it's we tell them not to do in their classroom, right? For like, sure. it's all about That's meeting true. those individual needs. And yeah. so sure. for us to take that you know, perspective at the district level would be totally counterproductive and not setting a good example. No. And there's a selective process then that comes in of like, what is important that we need to have across the board that we're all doing this Mm -hmm. without taking away teacher autonomy and that ability to choose what's important to you to have in your classroom. Mm -hmm. And so it's a tricky balance and, Mm -hmm. and kind of a tightrope sometimes to walk. And then it can get daunting. I mean, we're talking about a fairly large fast growing district and K-12 and like you said, grade levels and content areas and it's, it can be daunting. Yeah. You you have a a large district, uh, 6A in Oklahoma. So it's, it's one of the larger districts, uh, at least in the Tulsa area. What have you seen either principals or teachers do that is like unique, special, Mm. maybe scalable, maybe not, but something that was like, oh, that's really great. What, what do you got? Oh, where do we start? I know. I know, so I know many you get so many. <laughs> Once we get rolling, it's going to never stop. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would say one of my, one of the things I observe kind of looking from the outside in sometimes is the amount of time, effort, and intentionality that they put into developing relationships and principals, you, teachers, both, both, okay. um, you know, from the top down. And I think the reason why that's important is because of what you just said. We are a large district, mm-hmm. but we're also a very tight knit community. And I think what helps us continue to maintain that family feel that small town feel mm-hmm. are those relationships. I mean, I'm, I'm often so impressed by, you know, I was just watching an elementary principal the other day, greeting families as they were coming in. She knew every kid's name. Wow. Wow. There's like 600 plus kids <laughs> in this building. You guys, I don't know how she's done this. And a bunch of them are obviously new cause it's elementary and they're there for the first time ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and wow. so I think it's, that is something that I'm always just in awe of is mm-hmm. given everything that's on their plates, mm. teachers, principals, the amount of time and effort they put into ensuring that every single kid feels seen, heard, cared for, noticed, celebrated. Mm. Yeah. Cause it would be a whole lot easier to just move on down yeah. the road and whatever task it is that they need to get done, which is mm-hmm. never ending, <laughs> but it's truly incredible to me. That, that is awesome. It's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. It is. Cheryl. Well, I'm thinking about some of the classrooms I've been in just the last couple of days. And just if we're talking about good things that I'm seeing in pockets, just at that surface level, I was at our middle school yesterday. And if you've not been in a middle school for a minute, <laughs> it smells. It, I know it yeah. can smell. And After I'm, recess. I'm not very tall. And so when I'm in the hallway, it is like a it can be danger zone of other people my same height that have zero body control and are bouncing <laughs> off the lockers in the hallways. And, um, but anyway, so in the midst of what could be chaos, I went into several classrooms and I saw customized lighting, customized seating inside of mm. classrooms, teachers on their feet, walking around their classrooms. And I, it just took my breath away. Honestly, it was beautiful to see how well managed Every single classroom, I went in, I don't know, six classrooms yesterday and they were all unique Mm -hmm. and yet all working beautifully. And I was walking with this uh, middle school principal at the time and he was out in the hallway looking at some 
student work that was displayed. And he went into the classroom, which, by the way, we also are a great expectations school. Mm -hmm. Each door we went to, we were greeted by a a mm -hmm. greeter who nice. greeted us beautifully. And I just thought it was just amazing. But anyway, um, he knocked on a door and he said, I just need to tell this teacher how great all of the student work is out here in mm -hmm. the hallway. And so I love that he took the moment to affirm what his teachers were doing with students and that student product work that yeah. was out in the hallway. It was amazing. Um, and then I was at one of our ele elementary schools on Friday, and this was a classroom we were talking about earlier. I saw, again, character education in student product that is obviously being taught. And these students, I told Jessica this story this morning where uh, this teacher told the student, like, grab your lab partner and go start your math boards. And so they did. And one student said, wait a minute, so-and-so's lab partner is absent. Can he join my group? Mm -hmm. And it was this wow. very just, and you could tell this was just part of what they do. It was mm -hmm. not an, an isolated incident. It's just part of the fabric and the culture of yes. their classroom. Yeah. And it was, I just love that I got to be a witness to that. And then this particular teacher was just talking about, we, we rolled out new literacy curriculum this year for grades mm -hmm. K-6. We have a new screener because we have new curriculum K-6 for math and reading, and we're rolling up standards-based grading. So we have some major district initiatives rolling through our elementary and intermediate sites this year. And so that's been a part of what I've been doing and our instructional coaches have been doing is supporting teachers through these initiatives. And she was just telling me how she's utilizing these new tools with mm. her students. And it, and you talk about how busy teachers are and they're juggling with all of these things. And to see teachers just like jump in with both feet mm. and see how yeah. that it can benefit their students is amazing. Teachers, by and large, really love their kids. Uh, yes, oh, for they sure. They do. They really they do. love their kids. I'm and, just and so impressed all the time. Mm -hmm. And the, the stories we get a lot of the time, they're really the ones that where they remember, you know, like, like I asked you to pull out something and both of you pulled out instances where one human being mm. saw the human being in, in the other, mm -hmm. whether it's greeting them at the door or saying, you know what, this, you know, the, the, the kids art is great. I need to tell them that. So being a good human being and, and sharing that with other human beings is essentially what education is all about. Mm. And yeah, how anybody can disparage that. Mm. It just shocks me. <laughs> shocks me. <laughs> Unless they're just so, they just are ignorant of the fact of what goes yes. on on a daily basis mm -hmm. in a school system. And I, to be fair, maybe their experience at school was very bad. But well, I, I think that unfortunately, public schools have found themselves in the middle of a political battleground that really has, I think, very little to do with what we're doing and what oh, we see yes. day in and yeah. day out. And like Jessica said, I do think it is humility that teachers are coming from this space of, oh, I don't know enough. I cannot be that voice. I do think it's not that they don't care, but that they don't feel confident or maybe empowered, although I think we do all we can to mm -hmm. educate teachers and empower them. Um, but it's unfortunately the battleground has come to us. I mean, we have to. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, we have to jump in. Well, it does roll around every now and again. I mean, the walkout in 2018, one of the things that kind of instigated that, because it does take a lot to get teachers to walk out. Oh, my I remember gosh, when yes. I was a kid, it was a House Bill 1017. 10, mm -hmm. 10, mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was in the <laughs> 80s. But I remember it because both my parents were teachers and, you know, mm -hmm. they walked out too. But it it's, it usually comes back to pay. But in 2018, regionally, we were the worst. 
Like yeah. you take all of the, the average around us and we were below that. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's really what it takes to piss off a bunch of teachers. <laughs> and then, they're, then they'll rise up together and really move things forward. But it's a shame that it takes that. You know. It is. And well, and the cost associated with that. I mm. mean, years of a lack of investment, class sizes going up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, anyone who's ever spent five minutes in a classroom, or in a lot of those who haven't, understand the challenge of meeting all those individual needs and how that challenge increases exponentially mm. with every additional child in the room. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about, you know, 28, 30 kids in a classroom and you've got them for 60, 65 minutes, that math is not hard (laughs) to comprehend. And so I think that is really, for me, what the walkout was about. I mean, I could Mm -hmm. have advocated obviously easily for a pay raise, but it was also about, we, we kept having to explain, we're not walking out on our kids. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. walking out for our kids. Yeah. Because they deserve a highly qualified professional in every single classroom, and we cannot continue to chip away at what it takes to become a teacher, what it takes to keep good teachers, what it takes to continue to develop and empower good teachers. We can't, we can't let that become something that's not a priority. Yeah. So, I mean, we took our kids with us. Mm-hmm. They were there. They, yeah. their parents were there. It was. And social media was able to support that this time Yes, to show like, it's not just teachers alone. Like there are kids here, they're, they're upset too, but, um, we just keep going back to the political stuff. I know it's hard. (laughs) There is an election coming up here. It's true. I mean, policy and politics is our life. I mean, you have to Mm -hmm. engage it or hopefully one will engage at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think what's hard about it is that I try to explain all the time to people who aren't in the public sector, you know, is that it is different when every aspect of your job is impacted by those decisions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, back to your question about the amazing things going on when I sit last week, I got to go to our middle school and be a shark tank judge. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, and these kids were developing solutions to real problems. You know, they had to develop given a certain amount of money and very specific materials, how to make the, manufacturing of shoes more sustainable leaving less of a carbon footprint all these things and i think that's what i think about when i walk Mm. into the state capitol like for me it's one and the same it's about Mm -hmm. advocating for that that teacher who's doing amazing things in their classroom and those lessons that kids are getting to be a part of that are you know real world solutions to actual you know problems so uh, to me, it's just all blended together mm-hmm. because that's exactly what we're fighting for right there is for those types of teachers to get to stay in the classroom, feel like they can yeah. and that they're supported in doing it. So I saw a figure 33,000 eligible teachers are not in education just in Oklahoma. Whoa. Wow. That's striking, you know, it is. that they're, they're just doing other things or they're not working or, yeah. or they had to do something else, yeah. you know, instead of teach and do two other jobs on the side that kind of thing yeah but gracious we got to end on something a little lighter than this okay (laughs) (laughs) well first of all thank you guys for being honest and transparent and vulnerable absolutely (laughs) truly truly 
Okay, well, we will wrap this up asking you two questions, how we always finish this. The first one is going to be to you two ladies, Jess and Cheryl, is you have a minute to have a quick chat with yourself before she walks into her very first class on her first day of school. What are the most important things you're going to tell to that younger version of yourself in 60 seconds? Whoever wants to go first can go first. Oh, gosh. Okay, I Jess might need to sit first. on that one for a second. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we can take a second if you need to think about it. I think I'm ready. Okay. And it's interesting that you just talked about b- us being vulnerable in this setting right here, but I think that was the hardest thing mm. to learn as a teacher that – being vulnerable and identifying where and when you need help is a sign of strength and not a sign of weakness. And I don't know that that's something you can learn until you go through it, but I wish I had known that it was okay to ask for help Mm -hmm. when you needed help because you thought, especially then we taught in isolation. I mean, you really truly had to go in and be the master of that Mm -hmm. space and have all the answers and know what to do. And so when you felt like you didn't know what to do, I took that as a, I don't know, a personal failing or something, a failing to my students, a failing to my team or whatever it may be. And so I wish I, I wish I could tell myself that. And I think that is probably what drives our instructional coaching team and what drives Mm -hmm. our work in through professional development is remembering that needing help or asking for support is not a sign of weakness. That's truly a sign of strength. Yes. I needed that permission or Mm -hmm. something I did because I wasn't doing that either. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I like you, I viewed it as I was failing. I wasn't doing my job. Yep. (sighs) I like it. All right, Jess. I think for me, um, it would be two things. One, um, set boundaries. I think I, I think that just (laughs) generally comes, you know, with life as you transition Mm -hmm. from your twenties into your (laughs) thirties, especially, um, but setting those boundaries and knowing that what you're doing is enough. Mm-hmm. You love your kids. You do what's best for them. You invest what you can. You come to, to work every single day with them in mind. Um, and that is enough. It's okay if you don't get that bulletin board yes. done or get your entire room decorated Goodness. for the upcoming lesson or whatever it may be. Or even things that, you know, aren't as trivial as those two examples. But just generally setting boundaries and knowing that, when you show up for kids every single day, then you should lay your head down at night knowing that that is enough. Um, yes. And the second thing I think would be be really cognizant about who you surround yourself with, who you let into your professional mm-hmm. circle, because they will either help you fill your cup or they will be an agent in depleting your mm-hmm. cup. And you that's already hard enough in our profession because we give and we give and we give so much. It's just the nature of it. And that's both what we love and also what makes it really challenging. But I think surrounding yourself by people and I could name them by name that, you know, keep you going, fill your cup, pick you up when you're down, empower you, celebrate you, tell you when you need to ask for help or offer it unsolicited when they know that you need it is it's just so important to have those people in your life, especially in our profession. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to piggyback off of that because I know that there are people listening that they feel alone in, in their classroom. And my encouragement to those teachers are to look for people like Jess and Cheryl to like, does my district care enough? Do I have somebody in my hallway that will help me? And if you can't find that in your district, 
go to another district. Mm. Like there are really good schools, good buildings, good principals out there. You do not have to suffer for 30 years um, when it's clear that the chemistry inside your building is not good for you. And it may not be, it may not be that the chemistry is bad for everybody. Maybe it's just not a good fit for you. Mm. So don't, don't get so isolated that you feel like there's just no hope and I just I have to get out. Yes. Try another school. Mm-hmm. Try another district. Mm-hmm. There are really good places to work out there. That's good. Jessica has truly shaped our mentor program around mm-hmm. it. What is the Finding Your Mary Gold? Is that yeah. a? It's from Cult mm-hmm. of Pedagogy. Yes. Which I, it's just such an oldie but goodie. But yes. Mm-hmm. But we, she has really shaped our mentor program around that idea of find your Mary Gold, find the person that will build you up and avoid the walnut trees so that <laughs> <laughs> you can truly. Um, and I think that before we ever had a formal program with a mentor, you know, as a part of what we did, we found those marigolds anyway, because they're in our schools. And I know that I felt just plucked and kind of, there you go, here's a classroom. Good luck, you know, when I started, but I had someone that took me up under her wing and showed me what to do. And there are people out there that, yes, that will help. Yes, they're out there. Look for them. Look for them. Yep. And then firmly plant yourself next to them and (laughs) (laughs) do not move. Yes, it's so true. (laughs) Yep. Oh, that's good. good. All right. And the last question is for all four of us. What is something that you're consuming that you would recommend to our audience? It can be absolutely anything. I'm going to start to give everyone time to think. Several months ago, I had recommended Gamble's, which is a Italian place here in town. Do you guys know that? Yeah, like 21st and Harvard. It's so good. I went in there the other day. Still love it. Still recommending Gamble's to eat dinner. But they had they have like a market in there with mm-hmm. all the you know their fresh pasta that you can take home and cook and all the stuff. It's so good. But they have Lascelles, which is a Cajun restaurant. They sell a bunch of Lascelles stuff there. And we had this crawfish etouffee. So good. So good. So go to Gamble's, buy LaSalle's. It's Cajun food. It's just bomb. It's so good. All right. Who wants to go next with what you're recommending? Hmm. I have a book that I yes. just yeah. finished. Perfect. 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 And um, I recently just got to attend the Instructional Coaching Conference in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And Jim Knight, who if you're familiar with Instructional Coaching at all, you've probably heard of Jim Knight. He, in one of his sessions, quoted a book called... The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah, that's good. It's so good. And ironically, I read it really, really fast. <laughs> which, which, right which, through I, yes, I hurried right through that Don't Hurry book. Um, but it resonated so well with me because I think the whole first third of the book talks about just kind of that current state of society of where we are, where we're consuming information so Mm -hmm. quickly and from so many different sources all at the same time. And he essentially debunks multitasking saying, no, that just means you're not, you're doing lots of things, none of them very Mm -hmm. well because you're bouncing from one thing to another. And I'm certainly guilty of that. Yes, I have 400 (laughs) tabs open on my computer at all Mm -hmm. times because I'm bouncing between them. Um, So anyway, I read that quickly. I'll probably go back through it more slowly. Um, (laughs) And it's certainly written from a Christian perspective. So it has Christian disciplines Mm -hmm. like peppered all the way through the book. But that's what that's what's been consuming me lately. Yes. (laughs) Well, good. I read that a few months ago and he talked about hurry sickness. Oh, yeah. And and we talked about that. Yeah. But it's. I thought it was really good. He's a good author. Mm-hmm. Easy to read. Yes. You can cruise through it really quick. I, I 
um, have told several people about that book. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Got anything? I have two, and I can't decide. Do them both, oh, yeah. baby. Okay, <laughs> the first one is another book. I'm re- I'm reading Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Yes. And like honestly, just the lesson on stealth expectations alone, mm. I'm like, oh, all right. I okay, mean, that Brene. was a life lesson <laughs> I clearly needed. And I even told Cheryl, like, it totally even relates to us um, planning PD. That's where the whole intended purpose thing came from, mm. was putting that on the agenda. Because it's like you have all these people walking in this room, and they have this expectation in their mind. And we don't always necessarily know mm-hmm. what that is. Or, and so I was like, you know what? From now on, we're all getting on the same page about what the intended purpose is so we can avoid the disappointment because of (laughs) self-expectations. So anyway, it's such good stuff. And then my second would be, I don't know if this is really something I'm consuming, but I recently checked an item off my bucket list, seeing a concert at Red Rocks in Colorado, and it was amazing what you I mean, see what'd you, what'd you see well now the concert i was not as excited okay. about that was more of a bucket list for it my was husband the venue. it was the venue yes we went to see incubus which was actually okay. a wonderful show um but that venue i just oh. can't even so if it's not on your list and you're a live music lover mm-hmm. must do yeah. I must been. do. I want to. I want to. Natural, <laughs> natural acoustics, right? It's, oh my a, it's gosh. a natural amphitheater. It's just yeah. amazing. Yes. Yeah. That's great. I went to Egypt a couple of years ago before the pandemic, right before the pandemic, and they had, just outside of Cairo, they had something like that. It was super epic, and it was built right up into the this, the hill. So I, I've never been to Red Rock, though. That, that would be cool. You've got to. It's yeah. just, it's absolutely amazing. Cool. Bill Burr just had a special there, I think. Comedian. Oh, yeah, we fun. watched it on Netflix. Did you? When we were watching, I was like, we're going there in like a week. I'm so excited. I don't even think I heard a word of what Bill you Burr said because I was just like, where are we going to sit? I wonder if those are our seats. You know? <laughs> it was, so it was awesome. That's great. That's great. That's well, uh, mine would be a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Um, Chef's Table oh, yes. on pizza. Yes. I'm, I'm yes. a pizza nerd. It's the whole thing is on pizza, right? Like the well, whole that series. The whole series. They, okay, have, yeah. a, they have others that oh, I've, gotcha. I've watched, but this one I, I could watch the series over yes. and over and over again. But uh, one thing I pulled out, it was episode one, and uh, the pizza is called a Rosa, and it's just it's Parmesan cheese, red onion, uh, pistachios, mm-hmm. and that's it. And the olive oil. And I've <laughs> made it a few times and it's just so good. <laughs> it's so good. Rick has a pizza oven that he talks about, but he is yet to make pizza for me. Well, that's what, what I was, was going to ask. Come, Come on now, Rick. Is it an uni? Let's talk about it's that. It's an uni. Yes, yes. we have an uni. Uh, yes. Oh, we have an uni too. Do you really? pizza I bought it for my husband last Christmas. He loves is pizza too. Propane? We or have the, the wood, wood pellets? Or. We have okay. The yeah. Choice. Propane? I don't. Know. It, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. it has a fire and it has wood. And I don't know. She's not sure how it ignites. Pizza doesn't comes matter. Out of it. Pizza comes out. Yeah. Yes. I I wanted to buy one of those things for like four years. Like when they first came out, like when the uni first became a thing, I found out about them, and I just I was, I would get their newsletter and I would look at it, and I was like, I just never can get that. And I finally just pulled the trigger and did it, and I've used the hell out of that thing. It is such a great investment. But like, this this goes to a point of like teachers. If you have a hobby that you like, don't discount it 
invest in yourself, invest in your hobby because you'll grow, you'll, you'll gain new skills, you'll get enjoyment. You know, usually it's probably involving other people, um, but invest in yourself. A friend had to tell me that before I would actually do it. Mm. <laughs> and now so, you're like, I'm so happy. This spark so has happy. sparked so much joy for me. Oh man. And I, <laughs> if you come over to the house, I'll probably be making pizza. That's usually what happens <laughs> at some point. But, um, but yes, everybody's invited and I'll make a bunch of pizza and awesome. I'll love it. Yes. <laughs> so that, that's my recommendation. The Rosa pizza. If you don't know about it, Rosa. look it up. It's easy to find. It's amazing. Adding that to the list. Yeah. The uni list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, Justin, Cheryl, thank you both so much for coming on and chatting with us today. This was fun. Oh, yeah. Wait. Teacher's Teachers Night Night Out. Out. Yes. Okay. I almost out. said that for my answer about what have you been consuming, oh, but then I was like, no, we'll get there. And I you really should. want to talk about the Red Rocks concert. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we yes. go. Teacher's, Teacher's Night, Night Out. Out. Yes. Yeah, November 15th. It's on a Tuesday. Uh, registration opened yesterday at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And from what we've gathered, it, it sold out in 40 minutes. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. 1,250, excuse me, got choked up. 1,250 <laughs> seats in 40 minutes. And so it's uh, sold out. We're, we're trying to get a handle on, on a few more seats. So stay tuned to that. But Jerry Brooks is coming, and it's going to be a great time. We cannot wait to celebrate teachers, not only the ones that are there, but the ones that couldn't make it yes. as well. So what, what else? What, what do you got? Oh, I'm just so delighted. It's mm. so exciting to it's be a part be of. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is so fun to be a part of. That's mm-hmm. what I, after we found out that they sold out, I texted my family and my sisters and my parents. And I was like, oh my gosh, our event is sold out. And then they were just like, that's so cool. That's so cool. And I was, and I said, like, it's just so fun to get mm-hmm. to do this, mm-hmm. yes. to get to be a part of this. It is. It's, so it is. it's going to be awesome. What I love is there's so much rivalry between schools. You know, it's football <laughs> season, everybody, That's you know, true. and you think about how cool it is to get mm-hmm. to, you know, celebrate alongside colleagues from all over the Tulsa area who make a difference every day. It's, I just think it's going to be fantastic. Yes. We are just thrilled to be a part of it. Team teachers. That's right. Yes. Team, team teachers. teachers. We're all on I the like same it. team. Oh, that's great. All okay. right. Well, Thank you. I think we're going to wrap it up. See you guys later. Bye, guys. Please visit our website at relatethenneducate.com. And if you would like us to come to your school, go to our website, click on our speaking page, and see what all we talk about and get in touch with us. Teachers, you have a story worthy of sharing, and we would love to hear it. So reach out to us on our website or email us at relatethenneducate at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the podcast. We'd love to just get to talk to you. So let us hear from you. We have Teacher's Night Out November 15th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Broken Arrow PAC. The theme is the power of one, and we will be celebrating you all night. Please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Relate Then Educate and on Twitter at Relate Then E-D-U-C and the number one. And then on whatever you're listening to this podcast, please follow us and leave us a review. It really helps us grow. If you share it, that would be awesome. And finally, teachers, you are worthy. You are valuable. And you are loved.